Shema Israel. Adonai Eloheinu. Adonai Echad. Ve'ahavta et Adonai Eloheinu. Ve'chol Elohecha. U'v'chol Nechecha. U'v'chol Meldecha. Ve'ahavta Parecha Kamocha. Amen. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, and with all, all your might, and love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. These are the very words of God. Please be seated for my words. Hi, people in the podcast. Yes. Hi. Okay. Bonjour. So we've got France, Mozambique, Israel, Russia, Germany. Privet, privet, privet. We've got... Cayman Islands, we've got Australia. Good eye, Mike. We've got, um, what else? No. Nobody in England loves God anymore. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's not true. Lots of people love God uh, in England. Um, mm. And our biggest audience is in Norway. Yes. Not, not bigger than the United States, but the biggest outside of the United States is Norway. There's like seven or eight regions, and I don't know how to say hello and we love you in Norway, but hello and we love you in Norway. Yeah, pretty awesome. And then we've got all kinds of states listening to us in the United States of America. Oh, we got Canada. I was walking out in a boat, you know, because they say, they say a boat and an out instead of out and about. Sorry, sorry. I love Canadians, by the way. French Canadian, Quebec, yeah, they're listening, Quebec. Turn to Luke 20. We're going to be in Luke chapter 20 today. And this is, this is truly um, one of the best, I think, examples of Jesus' brilliance. People say all the time that are Christians, oh, Jesus is a great teacher. Yeah, but until you, until you look at him in a Jewish, when you put him back in his Jewish context, that's when you can appreciate his brilliance. I was talking to a candidate for a judge here in Midland. She came and brought donuts and coffee, so I showed up for that, and uh, was a little meet and greet. And she studied philosophy in college. She was an ethics tutor. And so she and I were speaking the same language. I just love, love, love that kind of stuff. And we started talking legal and started talking about precedent and how you decide if a case is follows the precedent of a previous case. You remember how Jesus did that? He said, have you not read the story of David and his men? Almost like, gosh, he's, you know, because Jesus was first and foremost a lawyer. Well, this again shows you that Jesus knows the text like the back of his hand. He just knows this text in such an amazing way. So let's read Luke 20, starting in verse 19. Now, I'm going to ask you the same question I've asked you all semester, but I want, you to, I want to drill it into your head. <laughs> the scribes and chief priests. Who are the scribes? Oh, you just shoved a chip in your mouth, so you couldn't really answer there, Kyle. But yes, they are the Torah teachers. And they sought to lay hands on him at that very hour. Now, that's not the laying on of hands that's nice. That's the, they, they sought to apprehend him. For they perceived that he had told this parable against them. But they feared the people. So they watched him and sent spies who pretended to be sincere. 
that they might catch him in something he said, so as to deliver him up to the authority and jurisdiction of the governor. So they asked him, teacher, we know that you speak truth and teach rightly. Oh, and show no partiality, but truly teach the way of God. Is it lawful for us to pay tribute to Caesar or not? But he perceived their craftiness. And he said to them, show me a, show me a denarius. Well, whose, whose likeness and inscription does it have? And they said, Caesar's. He said to them, well, then render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. And they were not able in the presence of the people to catch him in what he said. But marveling at his answer, they became silent. Okay, now, are you marveling? Really, why? Because he's brilliant? Okay. Okay, because they try to trap him and he outsmarts them. But it's not obvious, overtly. It's kind of like, well, <coughs> where's his teaching? Where's the scriptures that he's quoting? Where's the, what's the, what's the deal? What's going on? Where's the brilliance? I don't understand why they're marveling at, show me a coin. You know what I mean? Like, so we're going to unpack this and we're going to see uh, what nuggets are here for us to dig out. Okay. Uh, the first thing they say to Jesus is we know that you are true and that you teach the way of God in truth. And that is according to the sacred text. Literally, it, sell, it says, we know that you do not care for anyone, for you do not see or look at the face of men. That's what it, the text says literally. Now that comes straight out of Torah. It means, did you ever hear the term that God is no respecter of persons? You ever heard that? It's in the King James. If I'm not a respecter of persons, it doesn't mean that I don't respect people. If I say, uh, you don't care for anyone. It doesn't mean I don't love people and care about them. What it means is you are impartial. You are impartial. What does impartial mean? If I am an impartial judge. No, not indecisive. Huh? I'm not one-sided. I'm not biased. It doesn't matter if there's a beautiful woman and an ugly woman. I won't decide based on the beautiful one just because, you know, she's prettier. Uh, if there's a poor person and a rich person, well, I'd rather be friends with this rich person because it'll make me look better. Okay, so if I am impartial, it means I do not, I am not swayed or persuaded by things like beauty or money or power. Okay, Solomon was charged, King Solomon was charged to be impartial in his judgments. And God said, look it, I don't want you to show partiality to somebody because they're wealthy. I don't want you to show partiality to someone because they're poor. Well, we need to feel sorry for the poor person. In fact, I'm going to give the judgment to them, even though it's not fair. Look at them, they're suffering. No, God said you be fair and impartial. Why? Because I'm fair and I'm impartial. I don't care about anyone, meaning I don't care about your money, your power, your wealth, your fame. Um, you don't look at the face of men. It's not about what's on the outside, right? So this is how they come to Jesus. What are they saying when they say, you're true? You don't look at the face of men. You're totally impartial. 
what do you think they're drawing that flattery from? Yeah, which part of the Bible? No. Say it again. The Torah. See, these are Torah teachers. So they're using the Torah because that's the only thing that exists. This thing is wacky all over the place. The Torah is the only thing that exists for them as far as a book. Okay? So they're saying, hey, Jesus, you're just like God. Now, where are they getting that from? Partiality. That's Exodus 23, 3. Leviticus 19, 15. Deuteronomy 1, 17. Deuteronomy 10, 17. These are all places in the Torah, and they're drawing on that exact same verbiage, and they're saying, Jesus, you're just like God. Now, we know that. You're true like God. You teach like God. You don't show partiality like God. You're a good guy. Thinking Jesus is going to go, well, go on. Go on, right? Um, So we know you're true, and you teach the way of God in truth. Why start by buttering him up? Why start by flattering him? Make him more vulnerable to Okay, make him confident, make him puffed up, kind of, and they're hoping to catch him in a trap, right? Bless you. Now, paying the tribute tax was a mandatory, was mandatory for every person in the Roman Empire. It was a coin that cost the equivalent of $100. It was a tribute coin, and every person in the Roman Empire had to buy one. You, would, you could be imprisoned and you could possibly be executed for not paying the tribute tax to Caesar. Now, this is anyone in the Roman Empire. Where are Jesus and the disciples at this point? They're in the Roman Empire. Thank you. They are in the Roman Empire because Rome has occupied Israel. Hmm. Now, every person had to pay it. No one was exempt. Not even the Jews. Now, the Jews were exempt from a lot of things that Rome did as far as religion was concerned. Jews were not exempt from the tribute tax. By paying this tax, you were telling the emperor, the government, and everyone in your local community that you think Caesar is God. That's what I do when I pay my tribute tax. Caesar is God. That's what that tribute tax said. That's why it was $100 and you had to buy it and then render it back. You had to give it back. It was your token, literally your offering to say, I think Caesar is God. Therefore, they say to Jesus, since you are good like God and true like God and impartial like God and you're just like God. Gee, tell us what you think, Rabbi. Now these are the scribes and the Torah teachers from Jerusalem, from down south. They do not like Jesus at all. And over the last several weeks, we've heard some stories as to why they probably don't like Jesus. Jesus silences them at every turn. Every time they think they're going to catch him in something, he ends up asking a question and it just stumps them. He ends up giving a teaching and it just blows them away and they're like, come it. How do we get this guy? So they finally say, towards the end of Luke, 
We got it. There is no way out of this trap. And it's actually pretty brilliant. I got to tell you guys. They have set Jesus up to fail royally. I mean, utterly. If Jesus teaches truth and the way of God in truth, he, Jesus, cannot allow the tribute tax to be paid. Why? Because that is idolatry. I'm a Jew. I can't declare that Caesar is God, can I? Isn't that worshiping another God? Yeah. Are, you, are you following with me? Does this make sense to you? They can't. They're Jews. They cannot say Caesar is God. The second they do, they commit idol idolatry. So, if Jesus is true, and he is good, and he is impartial, all the qualities God has, he cannot allow the Jews to pay the tribute tax. He has to say, no, the Jews ought not to pay it. But, if he is impartial, like God, he cannot grant the Jews a pardon and allow them not to pay the tax as that would be breaking Roman law and it would in essence be sending them to their death. By the commandments we shall live, not by the commandments shall we die. So their question is, and the text says, is it lawful to give tribute to Caesar or not? But please don't miss this. Jesus is a Jew and he's speaking Hebrew to other Jews. They didn't ask him if it was lawful. They asked him, Torah. Is it Torahful? Good, that's it. That's the Jewish way. Does the Torah permit? Ooh. Does the Torah permit uh, for us to pay the, the tax, Rabbi? Or not? Do you realize how this is an unwinnable situation. How desperately they have tried to put Jesus between a rock and a hard place. Jesus cannot win. He cannot get out of this because if he says, yes, Torah permits a Jew to pay a pagan, idolatrous coin that renders Caesar a man as God, guess what they're going to demand of him? No, no, no. What are they going to demand of Jesus? He said, yes, Torah permits it. They're going to say, show me the money. Where's the book? Which book is it in Torah? Go ahead, Jesus. I'm, 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 I'm looking. What chapter is that again? I'm sorry. And Jesus is going to go, where's the book, chapter and verse that allows Jews to commit idolatry? There's not one. <laughs> in fact, it's the opposite. Cool. Okay. And if he says, no. The Torah does not permit a Jew to pay this tax. Same thing. Where does it say that? Well, you can't commit idolatry. Yes, but if we don't pay the tax, we die. Uh, what do you think? Do you think, I don't know, I kind of see it as Jesus, as soon as they asked the question, he saw what was happening. And so, and then he used that to help form an answer. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So he knows what's happening because he's brilliant. He's not scared at all. I'm trying to build it step by step as a reader to go, oh no. 
he's in serious trouble because it's a, it's a no-win situation. There's nothing he can do. It's kind of like you're darned if you do, darned if you don't. No matter which way he answers, he's kind of in big trouble. It's actually a brilliant trap. However, this is Jesus we're talking about here. Jesus is the ultimate rabbi and teacher. So, um, mm, Jesus says, um, why do you put me to the test? You hypocrites. What's the word hypocrite mean? It's an actor. He's not being ugly to them. I mean, he's kind of being a little bit ugly, but he's saying, why are you guys trying to put me to the test? You actors. Huh? Show me the coin. Now, do you really think that those Torah teachers from Jerusalem and those scribes would have had a Roman pagan tribute coin on them? Oh, here it is. They don't even say the word decapolis because that makes their mouth filthy. So you think they'd be touching a coin? No. So Jesus says, what, what, what is it? Show me, a, show me the coin. I love, does Jesus not know what the coin looks like? Of course he does. This is rhetoric. Uh, yeah, um, great question. Hang on a second. Show me, show me one of the coins. And so I think one of the Torah teachers says, you, cabin boy, or whatever, little kid, go get us a tribute coin. And so the little kid, he can become unclean. It doesn't matter. He's a little kid, right? And he comes and he says, here it is. And he says, don't give it to me. Give it to the rabbi. So Jesus says, oh, here, let me see that. Have you all ever seen one of these tribute coins? So this is what one of those tribute coins looks like. It's silver, so it's not cheap. And they minted these. Jesus says, well, geez, I don't know. Uh, show me a denarius. Show me the coin. And then somebody goes, fetches him a coin, gives it to him. And I think he puts it in his hand, turns it over. And he says, huh. Now, now whose likeness and inscription is this? How does Jesus answer the question? With another question, right? We've learned about this. This is, this is incredible. So Jesus quietly and calmly says, you actors, why, why are you putting me to the test? The funny thing is, Jesus doesn't even need to see the coin in order to answer the question. This is what the coin says, but we don't read Latin, so we don't actually know what it says. Well, I'm going to tell you because I looked this up online. Do you know what this coin says? This coin says, on the bust side, it says, Tiberius Caesar, worshipful son of the god Augustus, his dad. What? Tiberius Caesar, worshipful son of the god Augustus. I believe that was his dad. Augustus Caesar. He's Tiberius Caesar. Dad rose to the heavens after his death on an omen that was in the sky. In the triumphe, an omen appeared. I think it was a comet that lasted. So everybody said, oh, he became a god. Augustus Caesar became a god. And that would make Tiberius the worshipful son of the god Augustus. That's what the coin said. I mean, that guy's got some serious... Um, he's the kind of guy that buys a sports car in his middle age. You know, 
He divorces his wife to, and marries an 18-year-old. Uh, you know, this is, this is what this guy's doing here. This guy puts, for the whole world to see, I'm Tiberius Caesar, and I'm the son of God. Now, on the other side, it says high priest. On the other side, it says high priest. And in one of the most ironic passages in the entire Bible, all three synoptic gospels tell us that Jesus is the son of God and that he is a new kind of high priest. Remember Mark chapter two, the paralytic? Son, your sins are forgiven. You can't do that. That's a, but that, that would make you a new kind of priest. You got it. So we have this dichotomy, this tension between son of God, son of God. This guy over here says, I'm the son of God and I'm going to make you declare it. Jesus over here never says, I'm, gonna, I'm the son of God and I'm going to make you declare it. He just says, read the writing. You know, what do my works say? My works speak for themselves. Am I the son of God or not? You decide. High priest, I'm a high priest. It's on my coin. You better believe it or else I'll kill you. Jesus says, listen, I'm just doing what my father does. You, you believe if you want. Just let the works speak for themselves. So I love this. Um, this tiny silver coin shows a king who claims to be the son of God and the high priest of the Roman peace. Jesus says something that's so awesome. Uh, Whose who's likeness and inscription is this? Now, does he not know? Well, you guys just said, remember the formula for rabbis answering questions? His question should not only be the answer to their question, but if he's good, what should it do? Yes, it should elevate it to the next level, right? Here's the answer and here's what I'm doing. So Jesus says, well, gee, whose image, uh, whose likeness and inscription is this? And they say, Caesar's. Okay, good answer. But here's just Jesus' question slash answer decoded. Their question is, does the Torah permit the paying of the tribute coin to Caesar or not? His answer to their question, does the Torah permit Jews to pay the the tribute is another question. Whose likeness and inscription is this? In other words, if it's got Caesar's picture on it and it's got Caesar's name on it, who does it belong to? Caesar, Caesar they say. <laughs> Duh. And Jesus says, yeah, it's his. How do I know it's his? It's got his picture on it. How else do I know it's Caesar's. It's got his name on it. And Jesus says, well, if it's got his picture and it's got his name on it, it's his. Give it back to him. And then he says something incredible. Oh, oh, and give back to God what belongs to him too. And suddenly they marvel. Now they're not marveling because they think he's so awesome. They're marveling because they're like, how in the did he get out of that one? I don't know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> They're so mad. We're like, what the heck? How do we get this guy? He is, I got to admit, he's brilliant, but I think we're just going to have to kill him. Like, because we can't trap him. This is Jesus. He wrote the law. It's just amazing. Okay. Um, all three gospel writers say, Matthew, Mark, and Luke say, return to Caesar what belongs to him. And the idea that Jesus gets across with his question slash answer 
is that we know that something belongs to someone if it's got what? Their face and their name on it. That's how you know that it belongs to them. Maybe Jesus was referring to this text when he told them to give back to Caesar what belonged to Caesar. Uh, turn to Deuteronomy 7, 25. Deuteronomy 7, 25 and 26. You don't have to stand up and read or anything, but I'll read it to you, but, but turn there. Jesus got finished answering their question. Look at, do we pay the tax or not? Does Torah permit that? And Jesus says, well, I don't know. Whose is it? Uh, it's got Caesar's face on it. It's got his you know, picture on it. It's got, the, got Caesar's name on it. I guess it's his. Why don't you give it back to him? Okay, listen to Deuteronomy 7, 25 and 26. The carved images of their gods, the carved images of their gods, you shall burn with fire. This is God talking to Israel. You shall not covet the silver or the gold that is on them or take it for yourselves, lest you be ensnared by it. For it is an abomination to the Lord your God and you shall not bring an abominable thing into your house and become devoted to destruction like it. You shall utterly detest and abhor it for it is devoted to destruction. Do you know that Rabbi Akiva taught, it's the legend says, he taught his disciples, if you're ever in a pagan town and you see a coin on the ground, don't you dare bend down and get it. That's what, that was the teaching. Now, why would you think Rabbi Akiva would say, if you're ever in a non-Jewish town and you see some money on the ground, don't bend down and get it. What if it's Jewish money? Just talking about any money. Any money on the ground. You can't pick it up if you're Jewish and you're in a pagan town. It's pretty interesting. If you're in a pagan town, what's all over that town? On every corner. Huh? What do we call them? What are those called? Statues. Thank you. Statues of whom? Statues of gods. Look in that ancient, look in the, newspaper article sometime that I went to uh, it's uh, Israel and Greece and, and Italy uh, there is a statue to a god on every single corner every single temple if I'm Jewish and I bend down and I pick up some money what does it look like to everybody yes oh so Rabbi Kiva says don't even give people the appearance that you're worshiping other gods but I just saw some money down there don't pick it up why because somebody's watching and they know you're Jewish and they know there's temples and they know there's statues and you <laughs> do you know what I mean it's just it's brilliant but it's like whoa yeah I can't even pick up money nope not if it looks like you're worshiping other gods so worshiping other gods bowing down to other gods having carved images was such a no-no that like a Jew wouldn't even consider it. They can't even bring it into their houses. God says, because you will be devoted to destruction just like it is. That's code for you'll die just like it's gonna die. Yikes. So certainly all the Pharisees and the Torah teachers would have known this text, right? Deuteronomy, of course they would have. I mean, they're Torah teachers. Now, if that didn't blow your hats off, this one will. Jesus then makes another amazing statement. He says, Return, therefore, to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. 
but I want you to give back to God the things that are God's. Whoa, hold on. Where did he get that? Where does the Torah say something like that? Well, let me ask you guys a question. Stay with me here. I know you're tired. I know it's a long week, but stay with me. What is it that tells you whether or not a thing belongs to Caesar? It's got his name, number one. It's got his picture. It's got his face, number two. Now, same question. How can you tell if something belongs to God? It's got his name on it, and it's got his picture on it. (laughs) Check it out. Then God said, let us make man in our image and likeness. God minted a coin, and he called that coin Adam. And then he minted another coin, and he called the coin Eve. And he said, I'm going to put my picture on it. Isn't that cool? So that's one of the two. So that's one of the two. We're God's minted coins. Same answer, right? Just like Caesar, God's things should have God's picture on them, right? Well, okay, I can see where we get the picture. Genesis 126, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air. This is Genesis 1. All right. But how else do you know if something belongs to Caesar? It's not only got his picture on it, it's got his name, it's got his name on it. Well, do you have God's name on you? No. Last time I checked, I didn't. <laughs> and then in number six, number six, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron and his sons saying, in this way, thus, you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel. My name is on the people of Israel. They knew it. Every time the ironic blessing was said in, in synagogue, they put God's name on the people of Israel. So did the people of Israel know that God's name was on them? Absolutely they did. Did they know they were made in God's image? Absolutely they did. Do you hear Jesus' brilliance when he says, hey, can we pay that coin? Because if you say yes, you're in trouble. And if you say no, you're in trouble. And Jesus says, you know what? Who's it belong to? Caesar. Well, how do you know? It's got his picture on and his name. Jesus says, yeah, give it back to him then. And give back to God what belongs to him. They're like, oh "Oh, my God. Gosh, like he's just so awesome. He's so brilliant. Wait, that was number, That's number six. It is. It's the ironic blessing. So Jesus the song, the Lord bless you and keep you. Exactly. And the word is render. It's so cool. Jesus and all the gospels use render. It literally means give back to. You're not paying. You're not paying homage to. No, no, no. That's a coin that somebody made you buy. Hey, and Jesus says, that's not yours. Well, you better give it back to him. You have something that belongs to someone else. Right, right. I can't own something that's not mine. And that's how he gets around. The loophole in the Torah is, that's not yours. Get rid of it. Well, but if I get rid of it, isn't it a sin? Are you telling me it's a sin to give back to someone something that belongs to them? Isn't that your duty in Torah? Well, yeah, it is my duty. 
Oh, so I won't get in trouble if I pay the coin? Well, no, any more than you'd get in trouble for returning somebody's donkey if it wandered off. And they're like, oh my gosh. And how does he justify it? Well, God wants his stuff too. In other words, if you go and pay this tribute coin like this, I'm a Jew, and here's how I pay the tribute coin. Oh, Caesar is God, and I love him, and his worshipful son, Tiberius. Please accept my offering. Now, if that's how I give my coin, as a Jew, I'm in serious trouble. But here's the way I get around it. Hey, you lost your coin. Flip it at him. Hey, that's your coin. There you go. And remember, God, he's not my God. You are. And the, and the reason I know it and the reason I want you to know it is I've got your picture on me and your name is written on me. So I just gave back to him what belongs to him. But notice that my heart doesn't belong to him. My soul doesn't belong to him. My mind doesn't belong to him. I don't love him. I love you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength, and with all my mind because those things have your picture in my name and your name on them. So see, God says, oh, I know you weren't worshiping other gods because you belong to me and you know it and I know it. How? You got my picture on you. You know, my name's on you. So, you know, it's like Woody and the little doll, you know, uh, in Toy Story. He's got his name, Andy, on the bottom of his boot. So that's how he knows he belongs to Andy. So uh, I love this story. So really it's cool because Jesus counter question, it's so simple. It's so simple. Jesus is so simple and so brilliant. But he invites the listeners to kind of choose a side. He has escaped their trap, which is awesome, by the way. And he's authoritatively refuted his opponent's like hostile question using the Torah again, because he's brilliant. And he never actually technically answers their question. Does the Torah permit? He doesn't say yes or no, does he? He does answer. He answers with another question. It takes it to the next level. And the next level is, this isn't about idolatry. This is about ownership and who owns who. Tiberius owns coins. Give them to him. God owns people. You're God's coin. Just remember your God's tribute coin. I think that's kind of the cool parallel is, is Jesus says, you are God's tribute coin. You're not just God's coin, you're God's tribute coin. And by paying yourself back to God, you are saying, I think he is God and he is not. Really kind of a cool thing. When they, when they you know, no wonder Matthew ends the tribute episode like this. When they heard his answer, they marveled. And they became silent. Doom! Remember from Joshua? They grew silent. They couldn't say anything else. It's like, what are you going to say? Can't say anything. Anyways, that's the tribute coin story. I hope you were blessed by that, as blessed as I am still when I'm reminded of that. And here's what you need to be reminded of. You have God's picture on you. And here, I'm not a priest of the Aaronic priesthood. Uh, but I am in the priesthood of believers. So let me speak the timeless words and put God's blessing on you so that, I don't know, maybe, maybe God's name could be upon even the people who want to join themselves with the people of Israel. So may the Lord bless you and keep you 
May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace or be gracious to you, sorry. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. All right, that's it. I told you we'd get done early today.